Man, what's up? Welcome in. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. It is GC Live. A little bit late getting started. We apologize, but um, I can promise you there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Uh, as Chris smiles, he knows there's there's a lot. There's always a lot going on. Um, I feel like covering South Carolina and, and being involved with Gamecock Central, Chris, it's kind of like the um, you, you just get the tip of the iceberg um, as far as publicly. And I'm not even talking like as I'm saying this, I'm like they're going to think there's something bad going on with South Carolina football that we're just waiting to to break the news for later on. Not the case at all. Actually, we're working on some really exciting things for the site. Uh, so anyway, we're a little bit late, but appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, we got actually, dude, there's a lot of people on here wanting to talk ball already, which is a great sign. We appreciate the support because we didn't even promote the show today, and y'all are still here. So we appreciate it. Um, it is the Monday episode of GC Live, and Chris, we are, as always, brought to you by our good friend. He is Clint Hammond. ClintHammond.com is how you can find out more information. 803-771-6933 is how you can call Clint. And actually, you can email him either, you know, if that's what you prefer to do. Hammond at MortgageNetwork.com, NMLS number 71597. He is, of course, the branch manager of the Columbia Mortgage Network right across from Dreher High School. If you're in the market, you want to buy a home, you want to lower maybe your mortgage payment, uh, refinance, many options out there for you. Give Clint a shout. Tell him that Gamecock Central sent you, and uh, he'll probably talk some Gamecock football with you as well, which is what we're going to talk about here today. Chris, um, we're going to run the the gamut here today because there there's everything from big picture SEC Big, actual, truly big stories to talk about. Local non-stories that became big stories among the Gamecock fan base uh, with the banner, the new banner on the side of williams Bryce Stadium. All the way to the fact that it is now July 26th, which means kick or it means kickoff of practice is right around the corner, which means we are going to start what has sort of become a little bit of a – we started this last year. We're going to do it again this year. It'll be a yearly thing. Our position-by-position position breakdown of the South Carolina roster, where it is currently, where it's going, what it needs to be. And today we will start with quarterbacks, which is what we're going to get to a little bit later on. So each show, we're just going to pick a position, and we'll break down. We'll give our thoughts on that position moving forward. Chris, what's up? Woo, a lot going on. I'm ready to dive into some of these topics because, like you said, we've been doing some exciting stuff kind of off air in terms of planning and things that we got coming down the pipe for our readers, watchers, listeners, subscribers. Uh, but I'm ready to talk about some football and football-related things. So the, the very interesting news, and this is probably what we should lead off with because you listed it first, Texas and Oklahoma, SEC bound, it appears, very interesting. A lot of opinions on it. Actually had uh, the guys from Orange Bloods reached out to us at Gamecock Central and kind of asked, they posed a very funny question, Wes, and it was, what is the fan base's opinion at South Carolina of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? <laughs> My response was, this is going to shock you, but it's kind of split. There's some differing opinions on on Texas and Oklahoma potentially joining. This was a few days ago. But obviously, just like anything, that nowadays you can't say, you know, right now, beautiful sky outside. I can see through my window. If 
I said the sky is blue. Instantly in the comments, some people would say actually no. So lots of differing opinions on it, but I think it's a really, it's a very interesting move because something we've seen come out today is this is the first of many. And that's something that people are saying, but it kind of seems like there's some legs to it. This may be the first domino, you know, real, we've seen some realignment dominoes in the past, most notably in the SEC recently, Missouri A&M joining. Now a couple more. NCAA decentralization, is that coming? There's a lot of different things around the corner. And I've been talking to some people kind of familiar with, with the, the inner workings of South Carolina and the SEC over the past few days about this topic as well. And it's something that a lot of people are paying attention to. Well, you, you have to be right. Like if you're, if you're South Carolina, if you're the administration here, if you're the administration in any SEC school, you've got to be at least prepared. Now I don't know how much you can actually do about it. It's kind of one of those things where, and and yes, they're they're for moves like this, Chris, my understanding, there is a vote. You have to have, um, 75% of the conference has to agree. So there has been talk in the past about teams that have, um, and, but a lot of times it's been your your programs that have been in the league for much longer than Texas A&M has. But, you know, maybe does a Florida or in a South Carolina sort of band together to try to keep a Florida State and a Clemson out? You know, basically schools that have other programs in their state keeping them out of the SEC. Does Texas A&M have the cachet to actually um, block a move like this? It seems like this train is already going full blast down the tracks that um, you you sort of just have to get out of the way or if you're Texas A&M, remain on the tracks and get run over. I, I don't think there's any slowing it down, in my opinion. Um, I, it's kind of one of those things, Chris. And I, you know, we obviously cover recruiting. We cover South Carolina football. My, as far as, you know, completely honestly, I don't have any sources on stuff like this, me personally. So when I talk about this stuff, I'm speculating and I'm going off of reading what I've heard from other people um, that that are very tied into the national landscape. Um, but I just tend to think you, you don't announce you're leaving if it's not already pretty close to being locked in where you're going, right? Like I I know some people have said, well, other conferences have been interested in Texas and Oklahoma as well, but I don't really see you making an announcement, a joint announcement at that. Hey, we're out uh, without having a feel for, for what's next. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and there's been a lot of talk that this has been a lot longer in the making than you know, it, it came out of kind of out of nowhere, you know, when, when it was first reported. And it makes sense. You know, in hindsight, you can sit back and say, OK, that makes a lot of sense as to why this would happen on both sides. Right. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it wasn't something where it kind of percolated for a long time. It's just kind of boom, there it is. And now the wheels are in motion for it to happen. And so you're right, man, that has been one of the kind of, I don't know if it's been reported more than a rumor stage now, is something that I, I did hear a few days ago that once other conferences got wind of the possibility of Texas and Oklahoma wanting to leave the Big 12, uh, specifically for the SEC, that there was some other outreach or channel, or, you know, communications 
trying to gauge the possibility of getting those two into other conferences. But like like we've been talking about, every, everything points to those joining the SEC. And to go to a point here, I want to hit on something you mentioned. This is way different for South. Let's talk about it from a South Carolina standpoint, okay, because we're, we're a Gamecock-oriented show here. Um, we're not really as concerned about what Alabama thinks of it or something like that. Some people have said, why would South Carolina be okay with this? Why would they not want to block it? You know, um, why would a school like Missouri or Kentucky, you know, be okay with it? And I think I've asked that very question to some people, um, just kind of trying to solicit some answers. And one part of it is this, you know, the SEC is already a very powerful league. Okay. And Texas and Oklahoma getting those markets, getting that money, getting that fan base, expanding further west it gives you more power as a conference you got more teams you got bigger teams that means more money coming into the conference south carolina is thus a beneficiary of that money uh what was the distribution split in a typical year west i think 49 million dollars the university of south carolina received from the southeastern conference mm-hmm. you stand to get more now as power consolidates, we've seen this power consolidation among conferences. We got the Power Five now, the NCAA. Even Mark Emmert is talking about decentralization of the NCAA. So, if things become more independent and power is consolidated more among these big conferences, the SEC is make, continuing to make moves that's going to poise them to be the big dog, whatever that ends up meaning, right? And so, you want to be part of that. For South Carolina, strengthening the SEC when the ACC and some other conferences are perceived as having slipped in the back half, that's a good thing for you. In addition to just making it more compelling, more interesting. I think, Wes, a lot of people are making the the point, and it's a good point that this makes it even more, potentially even more difficult like to compete. It's already really hard to win the conference, right? So, if you're South Carolina, I think you're more concerned from a playing standpoint about moving up to where you can be positioned to pass Missouri or Kentucky. Then you can worry about those at the top, say, if Alabama moves over to the east. There, there's no need right here in 2021 to be overly concerned about that. But this is a move that is viewed as being good for the SEC and South Carolina, from what I've picked up, views it as being good for them by proxy. Yeah, and, you know, I think there there's going to be two sides to this, and that's, as you said, man, from a financial standpoint, no question whatsoever that this is going to be a good thing for every program involved. And the thing about the SEC is, you know, you can say whatever you want about Alabama getting, you know, we joke about Alabama getting some preferential treatment and stuff like that as far as decisions from within the conference. But as far as the finances go, purely from a – a money standpoint, it's split, right? Everybody gets an even piece of the pie. Um, The pie is going to get much bigger. Now you're going to have to have two more splits of the pie, but uh, two more pieces in there, but the pie is going to continue to get bigger. And I, I think from a competitive standpoint, I think we're headed, Chris, ultimately this whole idea of the pods system. I think we got to get a better name. Um, and I know people are saying pods because they are trying to distinguish it from two divisions, but 
we have we we still have, we have divisions in the NFL. We have divisions in Major League Baseball. Just because there's four of them among the SEC, they can still be divisions, in my opinion. Anyway, it's here nor there. I think we have to go to pods or smaller divisions, Chris, because that gives that actually gives teams a greater opportunity to win a division, to win a pod, to hang a banner, um, which we'll talk about hanging banners later on in the show. But that there, there, I think if once you get to, if you just had this situation, we had 16 teams and eight teams per division, then seven teams every year are going to have nothing. Or like their fan bases are going to feel like we did nothing. We didn't accomplish anything because we know how the SEC works, right? Like you, if you're not first, you're last is the way a lot of these fan bases think. That's very. That's actually bad for business, and you're going to be firing a ton of coaches because the expectations of winning for all these guys is already over the top. Mm-hmm. It gets even worse when you add in two teams. You add in one one team that could potentially come in and win one of those divisions year one, and in, in Oklahoma is what I'm saying. And you right. had Texas, which is going to have the resources. They're, they're not – I mean, Texas as a team right now, not even that impressive. But Texas as a program, as far as resources go, they're going to have the resources to come in and win. And their head coach is coming over from the SEC. He's seen the landscape of the SEC. Um, my point being, you can't just have two winners as far as divisions go and 14 losers – every single year in this conference. I think the trade-off is that you go to four divisions. Right now, in this scenario, it would be four teams in each division. Now you've got – if you're South Carolina and you start sort of getting on the up and up, you have an attainable goal in there. And ultimately, Chris, I think we're headed towards the true – what was rumored a decade ago – the true super conferences where you're talking about 20 teams in each conference and the conferences become more like the AFC and the NFC um, as opposed to, you know, anything we've seen in, in college football where it's almost like an NFL style deal. But if you have five, that way you have five teams in each division, which is a little bit more what we're used to, like in, in major league baseball, um, but it's still winnable for each team. And I think this will have ramifications for what the college football playoff looks like as well, Chris. Um, I uh, And I have a point to make there, but I'm going very long-winded. What do you think about the pod slash division? I, I think you have to split it up. Once you start getting to that many teams, yep. you have to split it up into four divisions, pods, whatever, per conference. Yeah, I think as a baseline, I like the idea of – uh, and I haven't really thought it through that much yet, but I think splitting it up into pods or divisions, as you said, is the best thing when you start getting into the 16, 20 team range, whatever it ends up being. That is better to me for for the exact reasons you lay out. I, I think you nailed it there. What it ends up looking like, I don't know, but I, I would certainly favor that. Start there and then figure it out because then the, qu- the question becomes, how do you organize those? 
do you, are they permanent? Do you rotate them? Are they, you know, is there some kind of relegation or something to, to certain pods? I don't know, but I think that's a, that's a really good baseline. And the point you made, the other one I wanted to hit on was expanding to, you know, 20 teams or something like that. I could see it again. A lot of talk, not just talk, but even potential movement into the consolidation of power to the biggest conferences. And right now, I'm just telling you how it's perceived in the college football landscape. This may be not be the same for college basketball, college baseball, but in the college football scene, it's very much seen, if you ask some people about Texas and Oklahoma, just that leaving the Big 12 – they just felt like it wasn't on as firm ground that, that moving to the big mighty sec for football, which is King, which drives everything for those guys, you know, that that made a lot more sense. You look at the pac 12, you know, with kind of where it's at, just kind of seeing as languishing a little bit. It makes a lot of sense. And so if you are going to these kind of super conferences, you, you want to be in the best one, right? Like, even if it's 20, 24 teams, whatever it ends up being, even if you merge a couple of these big conferences, um, you want to be in the, the biggest, richest one because ultimately, even if you're in the back half of, of that one, you're still going to be in better financial shape. You're still going to be in better shape as a program if if this balance of, of power continues to tilt you know, towards the bigger schools, which that's kind of how it's been, man. That's That's what it's been like lately. Here's another interesting point. I'm kind of getting a little off topic. You mentioned 20 schools. If you were in the SEC, what would be your, let's say Texas and Oklahoma jump in. Who are your other four programs that you're trying to go get? If you wanted to round it out and make a nice round 20 number, because I can tell you when Mike, the late Mike Slive was the commissioner of the SEC one thing that I was told was that he for years had eyed trying before all this expansion stuff, he wanted to go get North Carolina and Duke, which I think would have been fascinating, but who, who would your teams be? I have a few in mind that you would go and, and get. You asking me or you asking the people out there? Both, All of you, both all of the above. Uh, by the way, shout out to, uh, to coach Smith. I see him, uh, See him weighing in. I, I think that's a great question, man. Who, who, and we can phrase this two ways. Who would you personally like to see, or who, who makes the most sense? Like who, from a standpoint of what will actually happen, or what do you think means the best scenario for the SEC? Yeah. So I, yeah, and and if you want to answer the folk, by the way, we need to just get the guys from Orange Blood on here. Chris, because I, although I'm sure they are super busy right now, but would love to hear from them on uh, on what's going on from their end. But yes, I uh, I think there's a lot of teams that make sense. I would love to hear in the chat right now who y'all think makes sense. Chris, I also think um, I, I I'm of the opinion it's get it's going there. I don't know when, but that it is that it's headed that direction and. I don't think there's anything in line to stop it because um, as we've seen, the, I mean, the, the almighty dollar is going to run this. Uh, it's going to run this show and there's really nothing anyone else can do about it. There's not a whole lot. The other teams can do about it. I thought that 
Chris, if I can find it real quick on Twitter, uh, Bill Connolly from ESPN. I thought he had an excellent point. Listen to this. So since 2009, which was uh, the last time Texas was a national title contender, the following teams have had more wins than Texas. Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, Baylor, West Virginia have all won more than, than Tennessee. And um, Texas Tech has either matched or exceeded uh, Texas's win total four times in that span. And Iowa State has done it twice in the last four years, coming off a top 10 finish, which is their best finish of all time. Well, guess what? None of it matters. It doesn't matter that Texas is not a be- is not a better team than any of those teams. They still have the power because of their logo, because of their financial backing, and because of their history. They have the power to move mountains. And they essentially are they if if they if they have not set the bomb off yet, they push the button that started the little clock ticking down on the Big 12. So I say the the SEC is making this move with quite a bit of foresight, I guess, to to go ahead and say if if we didn't do it first, somebody would. So 100%. I think and I, I am tying this back into your question. Who are the next four that, in that same context, make sense for the SEC to go get is the way I'm looking at your question. And you've gone out, you've gotten Oklahoma, you've gotten Texas. Let's say in this scenario, it's done deal. It's happened. You've added two powers, right? You've added two name programs. And you've added two massive TV markets that are completely new. That's a that was always the original realignment talk. It was always about adding TV markets because that's how you make the pie bigger. So, Chris, North Carolina and Duke to add technically, you could add North Carolina as a TV market with just one of them, but. Weren't, weren't they always sort of tied together in, in this discussion that you kind of had to, if you were taking one, you were taking the other. And if you want to, I know this is ultimately all about football, Chris, but can you imagine adding, you add North Carolina as a state, but, and, and from a TV standpoint is what I'm talking about, but you also add these two historical programs to your basketball side as well yeah that those two i know you said give me four but those two to start slive wasn't thinking those for no reason yeah it it wasn't because hey these two will just give us such a great football you know it it had it was about the basketball the tv market the branding you kind of loop all those things in together with those and so to be clear, I, I have no idea if that's a possibility for the future. I don't know. This is a hypothetical discussion. But when you kind of look at it, what makes sense? And that's why everybody said, well, Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, not the Southeastern Conference anymore. It's like, no kidding. It's just kind of a name. Like, there's a bunch of Southeastern schools, but there's 
LSU, Missouri. I mean, they've been there. LSU has, but Missouri and A&M, and now you're adding Texas, Oklahoma. Like it's just a move towards more of that super conference thing. So you just make moves that make sense from the fan base standpoint, what brings in the most money. Like you said, a big part of that is ultimately going to be, you know, the TV markets and the fan bases. I think for the SEC West, I would say North Carolina and Duke do make sense. It's a little bit different, but if you're talking about just going and getting college football money and you kind of don't worry about the rest of it, I think you go and you pluck the biggest names from the Big Ten would make a lot of sense. So you go get Ohio State, which looking at the Wall Street Journal's value rankings, I think this is from 2019 or their 2018 value, but you got to figure this is around the same, right? Texas was actually number one that year. Number two ahead of Alabama is Ohio State. Michigan was number four. So I gra- I go grab Ohio State and Michigan. So I get it. I get two hugely valued college football programs and athletic programs with big, rich alumni bases. New market unlocked up there. And if you want to stay in that kind of Big Ten footprint, you know, or, or that Midwest footprint even, if, if you expand out, I think you could go look at a Penn State. You go look at a Nebraska out in the Midwest. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that would be four right there to me that, that makes a ton of sense if you kind of stay away from the, the UNC Duke angle. You go get Ohio State and Michigan. You go get Penn State. You go get Nebraska. Yeah, I and and you know at this point, as you said, the the geography of it all doesn't it, really seem to be a factor anymore. It doesn't matter now. Yeah, I, I think you almost you almost just and, and it's all it's already the SEC. Like you don't you don't say the Southeastern Conference mo- most of the time. You say the SEC. I, I think you sort of I think you almost get away from even remembering what the SEC, what those letters stand for, and you just brand yourself as the SEC. Because you, you're not going to change the name. I mean, you could add teams from the West Coast, and you're not going to change the name because yeah. SEC is the biggest brand in college sports. But it doesn't really have to be the Southeastern Conference anymore. Um, but I, I am curious, and I, I see I see Coach Smith saying the, the basketball schools don't matter. I'm just still wondering how much does the TV market aspect of this play into it? Because that was the original thing, the only way to make the pie bigger. Because that most of this money these schools are making is from the TV contract. The only way to renegotiate the TV contract is to bring new markets. And obviously, Duke and North Carolina. Although I will say this, North Carolina as a football brand actually is on the rise. And I'll tell you what, man, if I'm South Carolina, I don't want UNC. Because they're already a pain in South Carolina's, uh, on everything they're trying to do recruiting-wise in the Carolinas. They're already a pain. Give them the SEC backing with what they're doing in recruiting already because they've done, they've established their brand at least in the Carolinas, very well under Mac Brown. Yeah. You give them the SEC backing as well, man, that that to me, 
does does Texas and Oklahoma really directly affect the University of South Carolina a ton? Excuse me, right now. Other other than hey, you might make twenty million more dollars per year. Yes, but as far as I'm talking about a negative on the field aspect, probably not. Does UNC joining the SEC directly affect South Carolina? Absolutely. Like that, to me, that's that that would maybe be worse for South Carolina than Clemson joining. Like that, that would be awful for South Carolina because you're already a good point here, Randy Hawkins on YouTube. You're shutting down the Northeast Corridor. We've talked how South Carolina being one of the closest SEC programs to a lot of these school, these high schools, you start going up, North Carolina, Virginia, the entire DMV area. We've seen South Carolina do work in Philly. You start adding other SEC schools along the way, that shuts down another recruiting avenue that we've seen South Carolina try to hit. So – if you're South Carolina, I think you want you want the league building that way, not building going up. Yeah, and you know, some people in the comments have brought up, you know, hey, if you were the SEC, would you want to who would you want to bring in? Clemson has come up some. I can kind of see that just because of where they are as a program, especially in football. The SEC looking at that. The the question is kind of what does that unlock for you as a conference? And and some things for sure it does. Um, it's different than bringing in a Texas and Oklahoma from, you know, the TV market and the westward expansion. It's obviously a lot different. But that's the one where if we're going to talk about things that South Carolina or other programs in the conference wouldn't want, that's that's one where I could see other people in the conference, and particularly South Carolina, going, no thanks. I can think of several in the conference that would not be super thrilled about the idea of, of Clemson now getting SEC backing for football. I I could see that with South Carolina for sure. I could see it with Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, several others. And a lot of that has having to do with recruiting. And right now you need, right now you need what four, you need four no's to block a school. I think think it's 75%. Now the, the bigger you get, if if (laughs) what I read was correct, Chris, it's not a specific number of schools the number is 75%. So the bigger you get as a conference, you uh, you need – you need uh, the bigger you get as a conference, the more teams you would need in order to block something from happening. So the bigger you get as a conference, the less say you actually the, – the less you matter as, as a program, but the more money you get. Um, ultimately, I do – I think we're headed towards the pods. I think we're headed towards the smaller divisions – because it get it still gives schools something to achieve, something to uh, push for, while also not uh, while also growing the bigger sort of reach of the conference. And the, obviously, the finances are going to be there. So, anyway, what do y'all? I also, Chris, I wanted to hear in the comments what what do y'all think of Texas? Like, that's let, let's help our our friends at Orange Bloods out. Maybe maybe we can get them on at some point, but. What do y'all think of Texas, and what do y'all think of Texas joining? And Chris, I, as a fan of the game, would be excited to see Oklahoma play at Williams Bryce Stadium, to see Texas play at Williams Bryce Stadium. And the big, the bigger you get as a conference, 
the less often – like you wouldn't see that matchup in your stadium a ton. So it's not the type of thing that would get old. But the excitement level – I mean, can you, can you imagine Texas playing Alabama in Alabama? Like that's – or Alabama traveling to Texas? That's that's pretty cool, man. Like those are fun matchups. Um, ultimately, the rich are going to get richer and the divide between Power Five and Group of Five gets bigger and bigger, I think is ultimately what is going to happen here. Chris, let's talk a little bit more on the South Carolina side. The banner situation on Saturday. Um, who knew this thing was going to blow up, right? Uh, South Carolina puts up the new banner. Chris, I think you were I think you were unplugged a little bit that day. I wish I was because I I got to watch it in real time. Just oh sweet, the banner. Man, this banner looks awesome. One person is the color a little bit off? Oh man, I think the color is off. And then the mob gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and now South Carolina making a change. I think I I learned more about how this stuff works than I ever thought possible worth pointing out though chris several things to get to i don't want to talk about this a ton but it it was such a big topic of conversation i think it had we have to talk about it first of all if you've seen it in person i don't like when i saw it unroll i wasn't like oh man that looks awful that's that's the wrong color it look it actually looks good in person i think but the, the color is different than the proof. The proof looks more of what you think of as being the garnet color South Carolina use. So it is darker in reality than, than what they ordered with the proof. The thing to remember here is signs this big, it's not like hanging a poster on your wall at your house. You don't see what it looks like until you literally unroll it. So I watched them unroll it onto the stadium, and it's also a mesh product. Well, mesh generally has light shining through it, so it looks lighter. If you put mesh on a dark gray background, which is what Williams-Price Stadium is, you don't get that light shining through it, so it does come across a little bit darker. Um, other points, also wanted to say, I dude, I, tag, I tagged Sinorama because I was trying to give them some positive free pub all they did was hang the banner. They had nothing to do with producing it. They were called as a local company. Hey, guys, will you come physically hang the banner for us? That's all. I got accused. I was trying to spend time with my grandma on Saturday night, Chris, and I'm sitting there. I'm not exaggerating. I'm literally, my my Twitter is blowing up because people said, one guy said that I was just that I was just taken up for Sinorama, that I was uh, trying to cover their mistakes. I'm like, what, what is there to cover? They literally were, were told to hang it, and that's what they did. USC looked at it. They didn't think it looked quite as good as they wanted it to, so it's going to be replaced. Final thing, there were some reports that the thing was already coming down. That's not true. If you drive by the stadium right now, it's still hanging up. I don't know where that idea came from. But this thing became – it became a thing. Oh, that was great. I, I don't. I really. What do you want me to add to that? I, 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 I can't. I can't even add anything. Was the okay from your perspective because you're more in it. 
bigger concern level, bigger freakout level, sign banner on the stadium or turf before. Y- y'all remember that? We always. Oh, yeah. that. That's a big one. I don't know if we brought that up on the show. We always joke about it, like behind the scenes. Y'all remember when they were, what was it? They were about going to have a concert. And it was either right before the a game or right before the spring game, something like that. No, it's, it was before kickoff. Like it was, it was before, before kickoff, right? Yeah. And so, wasn't that Beyonce? I think so. I, and and Co- Coach Smith says the turf was bigger. I, I agree. They they literally had to do. They had to send out releases, and address it at press conferences. They had to address the turf. People got so upset about, and I understand, hey, is the turf going to be okay for the game? But the level of concern was crazy. I, I think the turf was bigger. We, we needed it. We could probably do a at least an eight scenario, like a, t- a tournament to see. Yeah. Once. We need to do that. I think, and somebody brought up the, the Gamecock statue not having spurs. That's definitely on there. I'd say that's number three, maybe 2A or 2B. Turf is number one. I don't know if that one will ever be topped. Well, it depends on how far back you go, too, man. Like, I'm sure there's been some – I'm sure there's been some great freakouts. And, I, I mean, here's the thing. We're – let me see. There was a comment back here. We must accept nothing less than perfection when it comes to updates on or around our stadium. Uh, let's see. Bryce, props to the university for hearing the concern, acting quickly. Miss Lynn, banner will fade after time in the sun. Uh, there's one more. Got to do the little things right. Aim small, miss small. I I agree. Like I I know we're ma- like we're poking fun, whatever. I I get it. The thing here's the thing. I was talking to somebody that works for the university, and I was like, look. There, there were there are people on this app right now that are waiting that are that are guessing what's going to be on that banner before it was unrolled, and there there are people who are actually having a having discussions about what it should be. That tells you that people care, like you have a fan base that actually cares about the program. That it's not. It's not just in the – they're not watching the game in the background while they do chores on Saturday. It is a – it matters in their life. So, dude, they're – I mean, the fact that I, I went – you texted me and said, hey, the banner's going up. And I went out there and I waited for it to come out and took a picture of it because I knew people wanted to see what the thing looked like. And they did. So, that's a good thing. But also, if the shade is off on the banner, you're gonna hear about it. Yeah, like it's gonna happen. So, but you also you have to give South Carolina credit. I agree with that other comment. They're they're fixing it too. Yeah, people didn't. They weren't completely happy with it. They're fixing it. There's probably some South Carolina administrations many moons ago that would have just left the thing up. Yep. So you're being heard it is also a, a takeaway on this. So I, I get it. I, I love the fact that everybody cares this much because that's why people like me and Chris have a, a job 
It's because there are people that cared that much. So, yes, I am poking fun a little bit, but also I am very thankful that people care about the banner that much because it it is. Beamer said from the beginning, the small things matter. So it, it does matter. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, that the whole thing, funny. By the way, uh, also I can confirm, I guess there's reports I've seen or um, a report out there about the video board being updated. That was a, initially reported, I think, from the state that it was going to happen. That that is going to happen before the first game, and I hear the video, the new video board is going to be quite nice as far as the um, the pixels and the clarity of it. And for those who don't know, that's that doesn't mean you have to like when they initially built that board, they replaced the entire structure of the board. This is this Chris is literally like. You're replacing the screen. It's like if you took your your TV at home and just were able to replace the screen because that screen has always it was always built as or bought I should say as being like a ten year life cycle on those things. So I think y'all are going to be very very happy with the new board when you see it for the first time because I've I've heard from a couple of different people man that it's it's like go it's like going from from HD to 4K as far as the clarity. Um, of, of this new screen. Yep. And in addition to that, Wes, some other things that, you know, I don't know that we have full detail on as far as exactly the what or what it's going to look like or some of those little intricacies, but, you know, updates coming with stadium lighting, ribbon boards, those kind of things, right. And sometime in the, in the near future. Uh, but we don't, we don't know, you know, what that means exactly, you know, uh, as far as, you know, some of the stuff's burn out up top and you got to wait on that to come in. Um, there, there's a lot of other little, little things that you might see in the stadium at some point. But the video board, obviously, I think we saw even a couple of times. How, when was that first put in? It was it was billed as the Beast Board. I remember back in the day. Um, that, that was 2012. 2012. So, yeah, getting close to that 10-year cycle. Every now and then there were some little problems with it. So, like you said, every every indication is it's going to be you know an, an upgrade in that regard, no doubt. So we'll we'll keep you we'll keep you in the loop on all that. And we had a question earlier if we will be at the Welcome Home Tour tonight. Uh, Gamecock Central will be there. We will not. I don't guess you're not going to be there, right, Chris? I know I'm not going to be there. Colin Taylor will be there. He'll be covering it for Gamecock Central. So go uh, go say what's up to Colin. I. I should be at the Thursday one in Charleston. I picked that one on purpose, by the way. Um, so I'll, I'll be down there. If anybody is – that one's sold out apparently, but if you've already gotten tickets, if you see me, come say what's up. would love to say hello. Um, Chris, I planned on talking about one other thing, but we've everything else has gone very, very long. Recruiting is back open again. You have one week to – knock out some final visits, and then it closes up again at the beginning of August, and that's when camp starts. That's when preseason, that's when it's time to start getting ready for actual football. But a, uh, a cookout event on, uh, on the, coming up on Saturday, Chris, I'll be interested to see. You know, Beamer's a creative guy. These cookouts are way more hang out, eat food, play some games than they are like traditional give you – you know, give you this tough recruiting pitch, uh, talk football, X's and O's, all the stuff that, that we think about with recruiting. It's 
I'm, I'm imagining a much more laid back event, Chris, but I'm curious to see what it will entail. Are there games? Are you just chilling at the pool? Um, I, I'm very curious to see what it's all about. Yeah. And I think you're going to, you're, you're not going to see the, like you said, man, the sitting down, the, the meetings and going over tape and checking out facilities and things like that. It's a different vibe. The kids that are going to be coming in for this cookout, and, and they are, by the way, still building out the list, uh, still getting kind of some last-minute confirmations, but um, we do have an early list of some of the guys that are expected on GamecockCentral.com today in the Insider Report. But, um, yeah, laid-back atmosphere. So th- this is going to be for guys. It won't be a giant group or anything. A lot of priorities from the 23, the 24 classes, a few 2022 guys. And it's going to be guys that have all been on campus before. So they've seen those things. A lot of them have worked out with the coaching staff at camp before. This will just be a laid back atmosphere where it's about, you know, getting some face time uh, with the coaches, with some players, with the other prospects, and just kind of becoming comfortable around the campus and around the program. Yeah, shout out. Uh, I see one of our, our watchers right now, Chris, is uh, Mr. John Sampson. So one person that has not seen campus yet that will be there for the first time will be uh, Mr. Sampson and his son, Landon, who are he is committed to South Carolina and is actually uh, already committed but has not seen everything yet. So that will be excited for them. I wonder, and you know, they're Texans. Hopefully there's barbecue at this thing because I, I want to know who has the best barbecue because I know, I, know I know how Texans are. They say the best barbecue is in Texas. South Carolinians say the best barbecue is here. So, and it's very, a lot of it's very different um, styles of barbecue. So that, that will be interesting. I, I'm hoping the ultimate tailgater, um, you know, is there and, uh, and, and is the guy that's doing the barbecue. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Chris, also, I got to say, I've never been to a high school football game in Texas. I don't believe you have either. No, nope, but nope. now now we have an excuse to make that happen this year. We do. We we might have to see if we can make that happen. That would be a blast. I've always wanted to do it. So yeah, we'll we'll have to make that. Hopefully, we can make that happen. Uh, maybe get out there, watch the Texas A and M game, and 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 go see some Texas football. Um, what else we got, man? We anything else you think we need to hit? We're we're coming up on the three o'clock mark here as we record live. GC Live, um, again, brought to you by Clint Hammond. You got anything else on your mind, Chris? Not today, man. A lot going on. We can get back to it and get back possibly on Wednesday, see how the week goes. Until next time. Yep, until next time. Uh, everybody have a great week. We hope to talk to you soon. And uh, appreciate y'all joining us. It was, it was actually a very interactive show. Lots of people on here. Appreciate everybody that that tuned in and, and became a part of the conversation. And if you're on the podcast, if you're listening later on, you know, we're usually, it's usually Monday, Wednesday, sometimes Friday. Um, it's usually, usually at two o'clock. Sometimes we're late during the season. It'll probably be five days a week, much more to talk about then. Um, and Chris, we didn't even get to our quarterback breakdown. So we will push that to Wednesday We will break down each position, I promise, moving forward, starting with quarterbacks on Wednesday. Uh, For Chris, I'm Wes. This has been GC Live, and we'll see you next time.